Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when the new iPhone comes out and we absolutely drop everything to prevent people from buying the current iPhone one month before a new one comes out. Please don't do it. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners Attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success. If your question is, should you buy an iPhone right now? The answer is no. And we will answer that with full degree of success. Mm-hmm. And maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. But if, if, if the laugh or two comes at the expense of someone who has just bought an iPhone 14, it will not be earned. Because that's no laughing matter. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening or watching right now and you have any family members saying... You know, my battery is getting kind of bad on my iPhone 10. I think I'm going to get the new iPhone. Tell them. Run over. Tie them to a chair if you have to. Do not let anyone buy any iPhone right now. This is, we should honestly, there should be a law passed banning the sale of all iPhones in the month of August. You know, I'm not sure that Apple would be thrilled with that. I feel like they Probably would get not. their get their lawyers out there to stop it. But, you know, I'm all for it. You know, from, from our side, I'm all for it. I think it's the only way to keep people protected because they don't realize that what they're doing is foolish. And I tweeted this the other day. This is a pipeline that I've got hundreds of times. You know, my battery's pretty bad. I think I need a new phone. I say, okay, well... Wait a month or two, because the new iPhone's going to come out. And they say, oh, I mean, I don't really care about the new features that much. What's new? Insert current leaks and rumors. Oh, uh, well, I mean, those are cool, I guess, but I don't really care about that. I just kind of wanted to get a new phone now. Well, keep in mind that as soon as the new phone comes out, it will be easier and less expensive to get the current phone, or even the previous gen. Even if they're not looking at an iPhone 14, they're saying, oh, well, there's a good deal on the 13. Well, guess what? That deal will be on the 14. Or the 13 will be even cheaper. Like, uh, I mean, I guess so, but I I just really wanted a new phone, so I'm going to do it. And then I uh, bash my head against the wall. Yeah, I don't... I, I. I understand where they're coming from, right? The less tech-obsessed people, they don't care like we do about all these things. But I feel like the money argument, you know, it's not the biggest difference. Even you save 100 bucks, right? 100 bucks Mm -hmm. is is pretty good, right? Save a little bit of money. See what's new. You know, you can we can tell them all the leaks and rumors, but we're not going to know exactly Mm -hmm. what it's going to be. And even if we did know exactly what it's going to be, we're not seeing the full package. We're not seeing... You know, the way that Apple is advertising it, these people might realize like, oh, you know, this thing is actually more interesting, more compelling than I thought. Maybe I should have gotten it or whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're asking them to wait a month, right? Literally yeah. a month. If they've already gone this long with that phone, what's one more month? Not Absolutely. really not a big deal. And the ironic thing to your point, you know, what's one more month? Most of the people that do this tend to have older phones and also tend to not buy the current phone. They'll say, you know, I'm not going to get an iPhone 14 Pro. Maybe they'll get a 14 if there's a discount, probably a 13, maybe even a 12. But to that I say, if you are one of those people, then you clearly want to keep your phone for a long time. So value is important. That means that uh, when the new phone comes out, you can wait a month and save more money or for the same price, get one model newer of iPhone. So if right now you're looking at a $500 deal on an iPhone 12, ostensibly in about a month's time, that $500 deal will get you an iPhone 13, which would have one more year of software support which means ostensibly one more year that you don't have to be buying another phone in the future. So it, it really isn't, it really is not difficult to just wait it out a tiny, tiny, tiny bit and just get a better deal 
with a longer lasting phone or who knows maybe you do really like the new phone and the new features and you want to get the latest phone i know people that got you know a 14 a 13 pro right before the 14 pro came out and then they like the dynamic island and the new color and i tell them about the camera and they're like ah man i should have waited but i bought my phone in april yeah and i think especially this year a big one is going to be USB-C. And I've, I wanted to talk about USB-C last week. We're definitely going to talk about it this week. But that's a big one for the longevity folks, too. It's a big one for all of us. You know, I'm really looking forward to it, and we're going to get into it. But even for the longevity folks, right, when the iPhone moves over to USB-C, that's, I think, the last major uh, thing that people have that runs on right. Lightning. I mean, the AirPods have lightning. You can also do wireless charging. I'm sure there will be a new AirPods case coming out soon. You know, whatever else. The original Apple Pencil, the Magic Trackpad, whatever, like accessories. But the iPhone is the last core product that's on lightning. And so when that moves to USB-C, that you don't have to worry about lightning anymore for the most part. And that mm -hmm. will make it last longer because it's just easier to use with all of your other stuff that uses USB-C, all your existing stuff. So whatever, we'll get into it more. But the point is that there's no good reason not to just wait a month. And I love all the engagement bait posts on Twitter from people saying, yes. like, look at me, I just bought the new iPhone. Like, I'm pretty sure pretty much all of them are joking. It's just really funny to like they see are. those posts and then people are going crazy in the in the comments. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've been guilty of doing those, tw those tweets. It's uh, the one I did last year was I just specced out an iPhone 13 Pro Max to like $1,800. And I was like, finally going to pull the trigger. You know, yeah. th that's that's a classic. I love those jokes. But it is that because sometimes people do unironically buy, like not even buying the older phones on a discount. I'm talking like people will go out there and I've tried to talk people down from buying a, like a 13 Pro in August of 2022. It's like, holy crap. You, you don't even have to be tech savvy to realize that you could wait one month, pay the same amount of money, and get a better phone, or pay less and get the same phone you were just looking at. It's, it's a win either way. Yeah, and imagine, like, I could never work in an Apple store, because if I had to sell someone an iPhone right now, like, if some person came in you know, like old little old lady or whatever, whoever it is, someone came in and they were like trying to buy an iPhone right now. I think I would just refuse to sell it to them. And then they probably complain yeah. to the manager and I would get fired. Yeah. And, but you would be fired. It, it, that's sort of like martyrdom. Like, right. You would Absolutely. be, you would be hailed as a hero. And I, and I mean, like even, even for people that aren't that interested in the pro models, like I know a lot of people that, that just get, the newest phone, but the regular. People mm -hmm. get the 14, right? And I, there's a comment here, and I can't highlight this because uh, StreamYard is broken for me, and it's not updating comments, so oh. I can't see anything past 8.52, rip. Oh, me neither, but, actually. I know, it's weird. I don't know what the deal is here, but uh, this comment says, I'm kind of intrigued by the 48 megapixel cameras coming to the regular 15s. That is a rumor that I think is very exciting because I didn't expect that to happen so soon. Uh, we've seen Apple lately falling into a bit of a schedule here. They, they release some new features and then the following year, especially with camera stuff, move them down to the rest of the range. That happened with the 12 Pro Max and sensor shift lens, which then moved to the regular 13 and 14. And... I'm honestly surprised that the 48 megapixel camera is under that category. I thought that was going to be like ProMotion, something that was reserved only for the fancy pants, but apparently not. Yeah, I uh, I haven't been super plugged into the rumors, but I do think that's an interesting... Yeah, there's like some of those features make their way down. Some of the features never do. I think Dynamic Island is another one that's probably not going to make its way down. Uh, I think it's just going to stay on the pro models until it eventually theoretically goes away, uh, you know, if and when that happens. But I guess, yeah, I mean, the cameras, I guess I will say, you know, the cameras have always been getting 
better across all the phones. The camera's a big thing. It's a thing that people care about a lot. I feel like ProMotion and the Dynamic Island and those things are kind of like specialty features that some people care about, but I feel like everyone That's cares about true. the camera. So I could I could see, you know, which could be a reason to keep it at the higher level because they're like, if you want the pro camera, you got to get the pro phone. But at the same time, if everyone wants the camera, I could see it going down uh, to the lower models. And that would be great for people that just want, uh, you know, the, the, the basic phones they get even better camera that's a that's very true um the only thing that does peeve me is i I would like to see apple actually improve the way that this camera system works because i okay as as great as it would be to just take the improved 48 megapixel and that better ultra wide stick them on the 15 and call it a day i i have a bone to pick with the camera system on the 14 Pro. All right? Number one, the telephoto lens is pointless. I don't need a 3X lens, a whole dedicated camera, when I have a 2X crop on that 48 megapixel sensor. 2 and 3X is stupid. So on that point, we have a rumor that there's going to be a new 5 or 10X periscope lens that i like there's no point having two and three so go from two to five or two to ten now you're talking that's an actually useful camera uh the other bone that i have to pick isn't something that we've heard rumored because it's not really like a new feature they just need to fix the focus distance people have made entire videos on this and honestly it is a major problem uh the, the 48 megapixel sensor is very, very good. But when I go to take pictures of stuff and you get too close, it switches to that ultra wide. You can see it shifting the perspective ever so slightly. And it takes these god awful pictures with this grainy cropped in ultra wide. I don't know why they did that. I assume it's a limitation of the focus distance of that 48 megapixel sensor but i do worry that having that sensor unchanged move to the regular 15 would mean yet another year where we have to have this weird just not acceptable camera quality like i'm going to take a picture of my keyboard here and then when i zoom in it, it snaps at a very specific point okay i'm taking one picture and i'm zooming in physically zooming in just enough to get it to switch and i want to see if i can show you this distant difference oh man it's hard to see but i i i had one in my review i can find it it's just i don't know why we are still having to deal with this it's terrible yeah i think you know i'm not a camera guy i don't know all the fancy like camera terminology and stuff. So I'm very much like the everyman, you know, as far as our duo is concerned with, you know, as far as camera stuff. Uh, But the one thing that I will say is I wish that you could, like, manually pick how you want Mm -hmm. the camera system to work. Like, when I have those 1x, 2x, 3x buttons, that's great. I just tap. If I want to zoom in, I tap on 2x, and it zooms in. And, and that's perfect. But with this, you know, with the super close up, I like hold my phone up super close and I like wait for the for it to detect that something's really yes. close and then it shifts the camera over. And then I'm like, OK, now I can take the picture. But then if I move it out of the way too much or whatever and it shifts back, it's like if there were a button, you know, there's like the point five button, the two button, if there were like a close up button or whatever it's called, I could press a button and, and, and choose when I want it and when I don't want it. That and that's a software thing, right? But that would be that yeah. would be great. Yeah, I definitely agree. The default camera app needs to give us more control over that stuff. Uh, the main issue that I have with that that focus uh, camera distance thing that I was mentioning earlier, the main the main thing that really peeves me about that is that it's not even at the macro level because when you try to take a very close up picture, it's too slow. But when you're trying to take a picture from about a foot away, that is where that Mm -hmm. thing that I was talking about comes into play. Like, there is no reason that that is not in the range of focus of the main camera. And I I usually end up, like, moving my phone around 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hold it out. I'll see it focus and then it switches and I can, I can see the quality go to shit. And then I back up to get it to switch back and move in back to exactly where I was and take the picture. That happens to me all the time. And it, it leads to stuff like this. This is from my original review. This is a, an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous photo that I took with that 48 megapixel sensor. Look at the detail. Look at the clarity. Look at the focus fall off in the background. It's incredible. Back to back with that, it took this absolute nightmare, which doesn't look as bad until I zoom in and you just see this blobby, messy, grainy. It looks like an iPhone 4 took this picture at night and then I put it through like an Instagram filter. And you can see from the size, it is the same distance away. I don't get why that's such a problem still. That's really weird. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, harp on this too much, but there is like a bug in iOS where some, I think if you like, if the camera opens up in Safari, like if you're on a website and it's like you tap on the thing to like take a picture or scan a barcode or something, the close up sensor does not work. It does not do the automatic switching. So I'm like trying to scan a barcode. This happens. You know what? It happened today. I have the Safeway app on my phone. When I go to Safeway, the supermarket, and I try to scan a, a like a like a barcode or like a coupon code, it does not work because when I bring my phone God. up close to it, it doesn't switch to the close-up camera, and the regular camera is incapable of focusing that close. Exactly like you said, I it like, ah, it's so annoying. It's it's a bug, but it's so annoying. I no, I don't know that that's even a bug. I think that some of the applications that have camera access don't have access to like it doesn't function the way the camera app functions. I think it only does that prime lens. And the issue is the 48 megapixel lens has a really garbage focus distance. And I like when you get up close at all, it's always using the ultra wide. And that's usually fine, but for some reason, there's a gap between the macro photo and like a portrait. There's like that that one, that maybe six inches to 14 inches where there's just no lens that, that looks good. The, the main camera can't focus and the ultra wide is too far away and it zooms in to try to match the perspective. That gap needs to get plugged. And there's actually a rumor that there's a new multi-element layered lens coming this year. But perplexingly, from what I recall, that rumor is only for the regular iPhone 15, not for the 15 Pro. Does not make sense to me. If that's the case, then the Pro must be getting something different or better, right? There's no way they can just do that to the regular and not the Pro. I... I, that's what I have to assume because here I found the report. I can share it right now because this it just doesn't add up to me. So uh, apparently, the regular iPhone 15 will be getting a new 48 megapixel camera just like last year, but the new one will have a stacked camera system that the regular 15, uh, the iPhone 15 Pro won't have. Which doesn't really make a ton of sense because they're also saying that the iPhone 16 Pro would be the first Pro level uh, iPhone to benefit from that new sensor. And that kind of makes it seem like the iPhone 15 Pro isn't going to get something better. It's just going to be lacking that system. That's so weird. There. That can't be right. That That's some, like, weird... There's no way... If that it does end up being true, which I would be kind of shocked by, it must be some weird, like, supply constraint or design getting out of sync. There, Like, that doesn't make any logical sense. Right? So, yeah, the, here's the original tweet from our good friend Ming-Chi Kuo. And he's saying that following the iPhone 15 standard models, the iPhone 16 Pro models will also adopt stack design CIS. Um, the main benefit of this seemingly, from what I've read with this stack thing, 
uh, they have a little blurb down here is that it it allows more light into the sensor, which would be better for, you know, HDR. It would be better for nighttime shots. It doesn't necessarily seem to have an impact on, um, you know, the focus distance problem. So hopefully that could still get solved for both systems. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of that rumor. Really weird. Really, really weird. Hope it doesn't pan out. Or I hope both systems, pro and non-pro, get whatever this upgrade is. Yeah, uh, it's uh, this is definitely seeming a like a weird one. <laughs> um, like I don't know, man. This phone this year, I I'm a little concerned. I mean, obviously we're getting USB-C. That's a big one. Uh, a titanium frame. I think is probably going to be really nice from an aesthetic perspective. Uh, that's that's the other big rumor. Thinner bezels, a slightly curved, you know, they're, they're sort of increasing the curve radius of the edge. That I like. Uh, I think it'll make the phone a little bit more comfortable. As much as I liked the sort of iPhone 5 meets iPhone 4 throwback design that we got for the iPhone 12, if you go back and you f and you pick up an iPhone 11 Pro, man, is that comfortable. A bunch of people made videos, you know, going back to the 11 Pro and being like, dang, it's smooth, it's comfortable. It doesn't, you know, when you're holding the phone, you have to support it with your pinky. And I don't know about you, but I have like a permanent dent in my pinky from, you know, the, the, the corners just digging into it. So I'm all for that rounded design. But apart from, you know, better camera, rounded design, titanium frame, thinner bezels, that seems like the main features this year. Yeah, I'm not sure about too much of the other stuff. I think those are solid. Like, USB-C is super great. I'm excited to move away from Lightning and just have everything on that one cable, except the Apple Watch, I guess. Even then, it's still, you know, the puck to USB-C. So in some ways, it's still kind of USB-C. But I'm excited for USB-C. Titanium frame seems cool. The current frames definitely smudge uh, a lot. They smudge very easily. Mm. So I think a titanium frame would be nice. And uh, to your point about the pinky, I think I do have a little notch on my pinky too. But the annoying thing oh, no. is that my pinky rests right on the microphone. And so people tell me yeah. sometimes that they can't hear me. Like when I'm on like speakerphone or whatever, they can't hear me. Uh, and then, like, I'm like, oh, I got to move my pinky out of the way. It's annoying. So hopefully, hopefully, whatever. Uh, titanium, titanium helps with that a little bit. That would be uh, super great. But other than that, yeah, I don't know. I, what what else is there going to Maybe we'll get a surprise. Dynamic Island was pretty much a surprise to us. Maybe there will be some other kind of surprise coming. We don't know. Maybe there won't be. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be a boring one. I, I don't necessarily. Okay, here's the thing. I, I feel like I had similar thoughts last year. Uh, most of most of the features for the iPhone 14 Pro leaked, with the exception of the software side of the Dynamic Island. That definitely took us by surprise, and I think was a pretty good surprise. I think the novelty has worn off a little bit. I like it as a means for conveying information. You don't really use the Dynamic Island so it's not as big a deal as promotion, obviously. But I think I think what's going to happen this year is very similar to last year. Last year, we were all kind of underwhelmed by the leaks. There weren't any major bombshells. But when the phone actually came out, you know, with the hype and the marketing and the new colors and the dynamic island... We were like, you know what? All right. This is pretty solid. I'll upgrade. This is a good phone. And I kind of feel like that's Apple's intentional goal. I talked about this in my video from a couple days ago. I don't think Apple wants to set the world on fire with the new iPhone. I think they want everything to be super incremental. Basically trying to tempt as many people to upgrade as possible. They know at the top, people like us are going to upgrade every year. They know that some people 
are going to have a two or three year old phone whose battery is getting a little weak and they'll like the new color so they'll get the new one and they know that there's going to be people that are perfectly happy to buy an iPhone SE, an iPhone 13, a 14, the 15 regular, carrier subsidies, trade-ins, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't need to be exciting. It just needs to be stable and incremental. Yeah, I think we talked about this a bit last week uh, as well, like the whole you know super cycle idea and how Apple isn't really doing that anymore. But I think I agree with you, right, to the point uh, – I think, you know, USB-C is really exciting. The titanium frame with a little bit of a design change and the thinner bezels, you know, a slightly different looking phone overall is is pretty cool. I'm sure there will be, there's got to be something with the camera. I mean, there was that weird rumor that we just talked about, about the regular models not getting something that the Pro is going to get, but like surely the Pro is going to get something. I feel like there's going to be, I you hope. know, take, take those core things, throw in a couple of other little uh you know surprises hopefully and i feel like that plus all the hype and marketing it is going to be again like last year i i agree we weren't super uh you know overwhelmed with the with the leaks we weren't super excited but then when the thing you know was actually announced we said okay there's enough here that it's interesting and to your point i think that is what apple wants to do you know make it interesting enough each year to get people to upgrade but you know they're not really trying to create a super cycle anymore like they used to because again like we've talked about before on this show it's kind of hard to do that with a phone with the iphone Mm -hmm. that's been out for so long and it's so refined and like what else could you possibly really want from it you know yeah and even more than that it it makes business sense to not want a super cycle because obviously a super cycle is good for that year because you get a ton of upgrades but then you get a bunch of people who feel satisfied and don't feel a need to upgrade for maybe maybe they skip one year, right? Even even if there's still tech enthusiasts who are going to upgrade their phone frequently, if they skip even one year, that's a hit to their sales figures and their revenue next year versus spread those features out a little bit Part of that is just technical, but part of that is, you know, let's, we're not going to push it. We got a new design coming this year, so let's save the big stuff like the uh, the Ultra, save that for next year. That perplexed me at first. I was like, why are, why are we getting a redesign and a titanium frame now and an Ultra next year? Well, because... They will sell you a new design now, and they'll sell you an Ultra next year, rather than us being like, okay, you got me with the Ultra, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely, like, yeah, every year they just have to do, and I feel like they know that the Ultra is, right, the Ultra has a specific target audience, and it's, you know, people like us that are going to spend that that amount of money and i guess they kind of know that the people that are in the target audience for the ultra are probably gonna get it regardless Mm. like even if it's not a super like you know if they made it a super big blowout like this thing is miles above the regular iphone even the pro model like maybe they would get some people they wouldn't have otherwise gotten but I don't think it would be that much of a difference for a phone that's going to be as expensive as that phone is going to be. But if they know that people like us are going to get that phone, I don't know how much they even care about making it. You know, the, the, the Ultra features, the features that differentiate the Ultra from the regular are going to be probably enough, realistically, for the people that are going to get the Ultra to get the Ultra. That they don't need yeah. to say also new design and also other stuff and and, and mm-hmm. whatever honestly yeah that's a very good point and, and and honestly i think that this new design is going to sell a lot of phones it seems like it's only going to be for the pro model so this is this is a first for apple to split a design uh admittedly it's pretty minor uh we'll go back to a couple months ago ian our our good old render boy ian elbow he's got the He's got the he's got the goods as always, and I will say the design looks phenomenal. I I don't know 
if the brushed titanium is confirmed or assumed, but ooh, wee, does that look good? I mean, come on. It it's it's subtle. It really is subtle, but I think in the flesh, I I cannot wait to have a phone that doesn't have any shiny surfaces. That is low key the biggest thing. Cause I know Noah, you and I are we're no longer case boys. I I, I kind of go on and off. Sometimes I, I actually think I'm about 40% a case boy. Like when I travel, I'll put my phone in a case. When I'm driving, I'll put my phone in a case. Whenever I'm like, or when I work on a car, I put my phone in a case. You know, I, I kind of put it in there when I, when the phone's going to get bumped around, when I'm doing something like, you know, I, I don't want it to get damaged. But when I do handle it bare, those those side frames they they do get smudgy and gunky and i find myself cleaning them on my shirt probably daily so a matte frosted glass with the same sort of titanium as the apple watch ultra or a brushed finish oh that's a dream come true for me that alone would sell me on this phone and i'm not gonna lie oh yeah i definitely I will say, like, yes, the side gets super, uh, like, smudgy. It also, I feel like, is kind of easy to to damage. This is never going to show up on the camera. But when I fell off my bike a couple weeks ago, my phone was... First of all, I don't use a case at all. I'm 100% no, not case boy. But Whoa. my phone was on my bike, my mount on my bike. And I fell off my bike on a metal bridge by the way and my phone fell out of the uh case fell out of the holder on the metal bridge i don't know how much it like clattered around but it did fall off the bike and the only thing that i see that happened is there's a little scratch on the side rail right here and it's definitely a noticeable scratch but nothing no nothing on the screen nothing cracked whatever i feel like you know, the side, in addition to being smudgy, is a little bit more delicate, maybe, than some other parts of the phone. And I think that if mm -hmm. that's the, the, you know, brushed aluminum or titanium, whatever, titanium, uh, mm -hmm. that would look, it would look super nice and it would clean up, you know, some of those problems. And can I just say, you scrolled past maybe my favorite part of this rumor, which is that new color, that yes. deep red color. We got to talk about deep red dude so this one this one they say that they have a color code so oftentimes oftentimes the colors that are created for renders are just a random color that sort of differentiates it and makes it look interesting but this is an actual color code that they were told and ian being our render boy knows how to make these colors work with the materials and the lighting and the surfaces so it doesn't look cartoony or goofy that color is utterly fantastic i never really liked deep purple i know you have it noah i said i said it's boring it looks like black and honestly i thought the black looked better but this i will buy this color if that's real oh yeah i think the purple i do have the purple because i always get the fun well, fun color. I always get the, the, yeah. the yearly color. I'm not even going to call it fun. It's not super fun. But, yeah, I agree. It's like if you get it in just the right light, then you can see the purple, and I think it looks kind of cool. But the vast majority of the time, it looks kind of boring. It's too dark. It's too deep, I guess, mm -hmm. would be the, the word to say. But this red is so clearly... You know, I think red is an easier color maybe than purple because deep purple really does look black. But this looks like red, like a crimson kind of red. And it's, I mean, red's my favorite color. So I've got to get the red one. But this this shade of red is just so nice. I hope this is real. I really do. Oh, dude, me too. This, I mean, honestly, if it looks like this, I I think that's up there with Pacific Blue in terms of, wow that's a gorgeous color oh yeah i agree for different reasons but but definitely up there is as great colors yeah and i will also say my other favorite thing are these bezels Ooh wee 
that looks so good i think there's a bezel comparison further down here yeah so that that looks gorgeous and you know what i just re realized it seems like this bezel is shrinking around the screen for a sm slightly smaller phone so 70.46 millimeters tall by compared to 71.45 and it's about a millimeter smaller footprint but that I don't know I don't know that most people would even notice that but I like that I really I'm a big fan of thin bezels and when you shrink the phone around the screen oh yes absolutely yeah I think this looks it, it's a subtle difference, right? We're talking about, like, millimeter difference, but it really does make a difference. Like, you look at them side by side, you can very clearly see the difference. How much will it matter in day-to-day -day life? How much do you look at the bezels and see? Hard to say. Maybe it will I, actually a make lot. a difference. A lot. You, you look at the bezels all the time? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You see bezels that thin, you go get the phone. Yes, you do. You get the phone. All right, I mean, and and think about it this way, Noah. We're, we we got to pair this. Remember, this is a front-on photo. Uh, where's a good angle here? Yeah, look at that. So it's a curved glass as well uh, that, that curves into the side of the phone, and that honestly makes them look even smaller. I I really think that this is going to look stunning. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, honestly, in. If this is the big redesign, it's a very small redesign. I think it looks really good, but I don't think it looks like a real new design. I would consider this a tweak. Um, so in that sense, I guess I'm a little disappointed, although I am very happy with how it looks. But those small bezels, I think, are really going... I'm going to notice that every single day. And I know a lot of people tend to think, uh, you know, that, that Apple just does that for marketing purposes. But we've had rumors, apparently they almost, they almost had to delay the launch of the phone because of, of manufacturing those bezels. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I think people will notice the difference. Definitely you. But I think, especially, you know, you bring up a good point. You combine it with the, the curvature of the glass makes it look even a little bit thinner, uh, you know, than the bezels on their own. And it, and it will make a difference. But to your point, you know, it is a relatively small, right? Like the iPhone ten was a big redesign for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of the home button for the first time, big redesign, right? I guess the 12 was the last quote-unquote redesign and that was a noticeable difference you know making you know f um, flattening out the side bezels and you know making the phone very flat and sort of rectangular it was it was more of a redesign than i think this is mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more of a redesign than i think this is i agree this is a little bit more of a of a tweak but again it goes back to that thing that we were saying before of like you know, how much can Apple really redesign this phone? Aside from something drastic like making True. a folding phone, how much can they yeah. really redesign this? How much does it need to really be redesigned, you know, for, for, an, for an iPhone? It is a rectangle, you know. There, there's only so much that you can really do with a rectangular prism. And I guess they've already, you know, they've done make it bigger, make it smaller, change the shape from round to square, uh, add more cameras. They went from like metal back to glass back to frosted glass back. They could go back to metal back, but that would be hard to do with wireless charging. So, yeah, I don't know. There's only so much that you can really do, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like they could do something. Like maybe. Maybe I, we've heard about a fourth camera for ages, and have like the 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 stovetop aesthetic yeah. on the back. You yeah. could make the cameras. Okay, here's one. This is a random thought, and I don't know that this is realistic, but 
hear me out on this. Okay. Vision Pro obviously has those two cameras that let you record 3D video. But as pointed out by every person alive, it does look goofy when you're recording your kid's birthday party while wearing these big goggles that look like you're about to go diving down the Marianas Trench, okay? We all know that. So what if your iPhone had two sets of cameras? This is about, you know, you, you could... You could get that to be about eye distance apart. I don't know how you'd make it look good, but I would love to see Apple create an iPhone that could shoot videos that you could then play back on the Vision Pro. Because then you could capture those memories looking like a normal person and go home and relive them looking like a goofy person, but in private. Okay. Here's my theory. You ready for my theory? Yes. The, so two sets of cameras or yeah. even one regular set of cameras plus an additional camera on the other side to, to, to facilitate this. Going to be more expensive, right? We're adding right. strictly adding materials, okay? Plus Vision Pro isn't even out yet. We can't – Apple can't release this you know, phone say, oh, here's the second thing. It's for this thing that's coming out, the very first one coming out, uh, you know, hopefully beginning of next year whatever okay yeah the ultra the iphone ultra will have that that's why it's coming out a year later after the vision pro comes out and it's going to be a few hundred dollars more expensive that's the ultra right the ultra what's what defines the ultra the most powerful phone right pair it with the most powerful headset and and add that feature there Mm. that's my prediction right there yeah that's 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 an interesting idea now I'm, and I should point out that I don't think that this is something that would would ever have been on the table for this year. I don't even know about next year. I'm talking maybe iPhone Ultra two, the sure. iPhone 17 Ultra. You know, it it this this is probably going to be something that comes out once the Vision Pro is a little bit more established. But I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, another thing, if Apple's going to do a redesign. I know that they've 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 been having these massive camera bumps for a while now. I kind of would love to see Apple do a flush back. Really take it back old school pre-iPhone 6. And I would love to see them integrate the cameras flush on the phone. That was the the render that that John released all the way back at the end of last year. It mm-hmm. was supposed to be this year's design, but that obviously didn't make it. And I know a lot of people said, oh, it's fake. I am very confident in John's ability to figure out whether stuff is fake. So I don't think he was looking at a fake design. I think he was looking at an in-progress design. It wasn't necessarily destined for right now or even ever. But I do believe that it is a real thing that Apple was testing. And I, I, I hope that it makes it out of the testing phase and into the please can I buy it phase because that looked so dang good. Yeah, I completely agree, especially as a no-case boy. It is kind of annoying that the phone doesn't sit flush like it like not only does it not sit flush but it's literally sitting on the cameras like i put it on a table mm. and it's like maybe it's the little rings around the cameras but even still it just ugh, it feels wrong to like like i'm not going to put a case on it but it feels kind of wrong to not have a case on it for that reason so i would love if it could be flush it could be i guess it would still be on the cameras but like i don't know it would if, it, if they're going to make it flush they're going to they would figure that out a little bit better than it is you know right now so that would be great i just worry that well first of all i don't know how thick these camera sensors are if they would you know even fit but if they do is that going to take away space for the battery or for you know they'll move other things around but is that going to take away space for the battery or if they leave it as a not flush camera back could they fit more battery life in there because maybe for the regular pro especially more battery life would be preferable. But I agree. I would love to see a flush camera if they can make it work with all those considerations. 
So here's here's my response to that because I I think I might be able to put you at ease to some degree. Okay. I'm trying to find a good nice here we go. Here's a good picture I can share with you. So I personally do not believe that making the back flush would I don't it would not encroach on the battery because this is what the phone looks like on the inside and what you're looking at on the on the right here is this huge module and that's the cameras so the cameras aren't underneath the battery the battery sort of sits around them um, and that that's part of why there is a camera bump it's not just you know for whatever it's because the cameras are literally the entire thickness of that part of the phone there's nothing behind them except for obviously the screen. Even you can see they, they kind of go around the front facing cameras and the, the dynamic island. So it, it would be challenging to make the cameras flush, especially given just how thick they are compared to the phone. So I think what we'd be looking at is, is maybe Apple would have to make the cameras thinner and additionally, they'd have to make the rest of the phone thicker. Now, I don't personally mind a thicker phone. Thicker phone means more batteries. And I think everyone agrees that batteries is, is something that we never can have too much of. Right? They can add 15% more performance. I don't notice it at all. But they add 15% more battery. Now you're talking. That's very true. And you know what phone is almost certainly going to be thicker? What's that? It's the Ultra. And so yes, my next theory is that in addition to 3D video capture, which the Ultra is definitely going to get, no questions asked, it's also going to be thinner and, and so or be thicker. And so first of all, we would have the ability to have, you know, flushed uh, flush cameras potentially, but also the Apple Watch Ultra, they made kind of a big deal about the screen being flat with this little lip that comes up and protects it. And they made a big deal or, or you know, some sort of a big deal about how the, the it, it protects the screen more. The fact that it's flat with this lip on the that's fully surrounds it protects it a little bit. And so I could see potentially something similar with the cameras being like, oh, if they make the camera flush and maybe there's some kind of lip, I don't know. But maybe, you know, that would, quote unquote, protect them more. But right like mm -hmm. that, that logic, plus the fact that the th phone would be thicker, potentially could be flush. Maybe they'll put even fancier cameras in there that are even bigger and it'll still have a camera bump. Who knows? But it's a place where they could potentially do a flush camera. So I guess we'll see. That that would honestly blow my mind. But I so I don't know that they would do a flush camera but maybe flush lenses in the housing. Mm. So okay. this okay. And and my frame of reference for that is is this render which I I cannot even begin to describe how in love I am with this. Oh my freaking gosh does this look gorgeous all right this was a render that came out a while ago where they basically took the design cues of the apple watch ultra so there's there's a little housing around the buttons there's that you know rounded design that goes up to a raised lip around the display they've got the antenna bands around the sides just like on the apple watch ultra it's literally just copy and pasting the design cues of the Ultra, putting it on an iPhone, and oh my god, I would pay so much money for this. I absolutely adore, adore this design and color. Yeah, I think this looks super nice. I don't know if I've seen this render before. Like, I know you said it's been around for a little while, but I love, it's such a good render. It does such a good job of capturing the design elements of the Apple Watch Ultra. So good. But, but to the point we were making before, you know, this one has the, the camera bump 
is raised a little bit above the phone, but the camera lenses, like you said, are flush in the phone. And I think that's a pretty good compromise because I don't necessarily yes. mind there being a little bit of a bump. You know, it lifts the phone up a little bit so you can kind of get under it. But I feel like when I put this phone down, it's literally – you know, you have like the bump, like the camera bump itself, then you have the lens, and then you have the little inner, like the, the thing around the lens, and then the actual lens itself is even a tiny little bit raised above the top. So it's like this little layer yeah. cake going on, and you're resting your phone <laughs> directly on it. And I feel like if this is just like a little bump up, but then it's flat, I think that's a pretty good compromise. It even looks like the lenses or maybe even a little bit inset into, I can't tell if that's just the perspective or if it, they actually are a little bit inset in, but I think that that looks really nice. And, oh, and the action button. And I think you're right. Oh, dude, and the, yes. the orange around the port mm -hmm. at the bottom and those speaker holes just like, oh, this is such a good render. Such a cool, I love that. That's so cool. Absolutely. No, dude, this this render when I saw it for the first time, I, I, I almost shit my pants. It looks so good. <laughs> It's, it's, I so mean, good. everything about it. I would buy it completely as is unchanged. Uh, and, and honestly, there's some things about it which now are a little bit outdated. The bezels are a little thicker than I think we're going to expect. Mm -hmm. I think the design is probably not going to be this rounded. This is very Apple Watch ultra-coded. Um, and, like, obviously this wasn't based off of any any leaks this is literally just taking the design cues of the apple watch and, and putting them on a phone so i think it's unlikely that we would actually have a phone that looks like this uh and there are some things that that i like but probably wouldn't be practical like the the buttons that stick out on the sides that honestly might be a little bit irritating uh so so it's not necessarily exactly like this but Things like the cameras being flush and actually recessed a little bit. I think you're right. Uh, I think that's exactly what it is. That that would definitely help because I, I agree with you. The the layer cake of lenses that we have here. Okay, I don't mind the look of it. I think it looks quite nice. But one thing that's always bothered me is because, I mean, to your point, there's sort of the 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 glass layer here, and then there's the ring, which is around the camera and then the lens and the lens gasket are are even on top of that it's a lot going on and because these rings are all raised what happens is you get all the dust and stuff that collects in between the cameras and then when people have a case on and this whole thing is recessed so much like gunk gets trapped in there and it smudges up the glass and it gets caught between the lenses. And, and then, you know, you wipe it off on your shirt to wipe the lenses off, but it doesn't get in there. And that would solve this problem. You could just wipe the whole thing as one surface. That's probably not a consideration that most people care about. You know, the dust ingress in between their lenses. Probably not a big consideration when you're, when you're buying a phone. But as someone who obsessively cleans everything, I would very much like those flat recessed lenses and i think to your point like maybe it's not a defining feature that gets people to buy the phone but it is objectively better and i completely agree like trying to clean the spot in between the cameras and like get like the cloth in there and get it like all around the 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 each you know little uh lens but like not getting in the other like whatever it's annoying it is annoying to clean that out and i agree if it were a flat surface it would be easier not a defining feature by any means but it's just like an evolution you know it's an evolution of the design it's an evolutionary design i, I w would you say no that it really defines a singular shape i was about to say that yes <laughs> do you think that they would rub it with space dust oh i hope so they uh, have to yeah if they do i'll buy it yeah, that's I'm sold. If they if they show it being polished by space dust, I'm I'm on board, son. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Dude, I don't know. I I feel like the more that I'm talking about this, I'm getting more excited. 
I mean, it's always fun to have a new iPhone, even just to have a fresh battery. My goodness. Uh, and we're we're hearing rumors that the the batteries are going to be larger on these phones anyway. So, oh wait a minute, I just realized something. We haven't even talked about the the very likely fact that we could be getting three nanometer chips in the 15 Pro. I think that's very likely. I thought you were going to say we didn't talk about the whole battery gate uh, thing that Sam's been uh, working on a little bit, but but that also the the three nanometer. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot well, of, a lot the of battery gate. The, yeah, there is a lot. The battery gate is definitely a thing. Uh, there's been stuff on both sides. People saying like this is crazy. How are how are people losing ten plus percent of their battery health? Um, and and I would agree. I think that is a lot. But there's also people saying this isn't new. It's been like this for years. And for sure, it's getting a lot more attention now than it did before. I, I think both of those are accurate. I think it's not new. But it's also pretty not great. Some people are like, oh, well, that's how batteries work. Which is true. But, I mean, to go through 10% of the capacity of your battery, especially when... Apple considers dropping below 80% to be like a, a failure. They they replace that under Apple Care if it's under 80%. So if uh, if one year into using your phone, you're halfway there, I I I think that is a problem. And I well, will 12%. also say Yeah, that's oh, pretty bad. So not focusing. I'm at 80 This is not focusing in the slightest. I'm at 88% capacity so so i'm at 93 which is which is pretty high but i exclusively wirelessly charge my phone which means that it's it's slower charging so i think that there is uh that aspect that has been largely overlooked and that is that the the abundance of fast chargers i think is largely to blame for this uh, a lot of people are quick to blame Apple, but when you fast charge a lithium-ion battery, you're going to wear it out faster. That's how electric cars work. That's how laptops work. More cycles means more wear, but faster cycles also means more wear. Yeah, and I think, you know, for my case, uh, the, uh, you know, I charge overnight. And I don't think it's a fast charger. I think it's a relatively slow charger. I should actually see because I changed out my charging brick recently. But I do charge it overnight. I leave it plugged in overnight, which I know people have said, I've heard it said, is not good for the phone. It's just too, like, easy to do. But, but yes, I plug yeah. it in overnight. It by, by My phone doesn't last a full day at this point. Like, I have to charge it sometime in the evening for a little oh, bit. That's bad. Whatever. And then eventually, you know, when I plug it in at night, it's pretty much dead and I let it charge overnight. And I know that that's not great for it. I'm sure that has some amount of, you know, influence on the on the percentage. But like, I feel like the iPhone could handle that better. You know, they have the thing where like it's, it's it, you plug it in and it charges up to 80 percent and then it waits uh, and mm -hmm. then it charges the last 20 percent before you wake up like that's good. I don't think it's enough if I'm, you know, this, maybe maybe something else is my fault, but maybe Apple could do a little bit better uh, to, to support that. Maybe even with fast charging, you know, if fast charging really is the problem, maybe Apple could do a little bit more to tell the user, like, your phone is fast charging right now. It's not, it's, it's, it's worse for the phone. If you need the charge right now, do the fast charging. If not, tap here and we'll limit the charging speed. I just had simultaneous thinking here. Uh -huh. I know what Apple needs to do. Okay. I want a control center toggle for fast charging. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's what I need. Cause I, so when I travel, I bring a fast charger because I'm not gonna intentionally bring a slow charger. And sometimes, especially when you're traveling, Sometimes you really do need to plug it in and juice that boy up, all right? Sometimes I'm like, you know, I have 
20 minutes. I'm at 30%. I'd like to get up above 70 before I go out. And I want it to charge as fast as possible. But very frequently, I plug in overnight. And Apple has all this like background wizardry that they're like, we're going to limit it. We're going to only charge during certain times. We're going to charge up to 80%. And then we're going to wait until 5 a.m. before you're going to wake up. And then we'll charge the rest. Okay, fine, whatever. All I really want is a toggle fast charging on or off because then if i have a fast charger i can use it whenever but i can make my phone charge more slowly if i want to charge it overnight like five watts or seven watts or whatever the normal rate of charging is that should be a, a toggle that you can actually access i would love to see what that would actually do to your battery life over the course of a year I would I would love that feature, you know, at the very least turn it on or off or even a little bit more uh, flexibility. I feel like this is a super niche use case, but sometimes I plug my phone into my laptop to test apps, like run an app that I'm writing on my phone and it always charges the phone, which is fine. But like if I could say, you know, leave it plugged in, do the data transfer, but don't charge or even better charge it just enough that it that it doesn't go down same thing with like carplay if i plug mm. my phone into my car for carplay that's one of the reasons why i don't do it is because then it's going to charge the phone up and the the percentage is going to be too high i'm going to go to bed with a mostly charged phone and i'm still going to plug it in and it's like whatever if i could say like plug it in do all the data do carplay do running the apps whatever but just charge a tiny bit to offset just the amount maintain. of energy being used exactly that would be so if you could do like slow charging fast charging or like trickle charge or like don't charge basically like that i don't know i think perfect. that would that would solve a lot like apple added this battery health stuff as a result of like battery whatever there were battery i don't know if it was like a lawsuit or like a legal thing but like as a result of this complaining apple added the battery health and they didn't add it where is it like that the ipad doesn't have it right like like the like the percentage the battery health percentage the Apple Watch has it the iPhone has it I don't think that the the iPad does unless I'm wrong, um, but whatever I think it was it does it, it does are you sure the iPad I'm I think it does okay I might be wrong but but regardless it was added you know as a result of all of these complaints and and issues that people have have run into and I think that this would be another step in the right direction app they're not admitting any fault they're not admitting that there mm -hmm. are issues with their batteries or anything like that they're just saying we're giving you more control over how your phone charges you know educating people a little bit about battery wear i think it would go a long way to to deal with these issues yeah no i definitely agree and re real quick because we gotta go but uh -huh. i will say I so I I haven't necessarily found the iPhone this year to be degrading all that much faster. I know some people posted videos or, or stuff on on Twitter saying, you know, it was exactly the same every year. Also, you were right. There is no battery health setting on the iPad. I was just checking. Unfortunately. Yeah, there you go. But take a look at this anecdote. Right now, my iPhone 14 Pro Max is at 95, sorry, 93% capacity. Now, I charge with a mix, mostly wireless overnight. So slow charging, good for battery. But obviously when I travel every once in a while, I, I do just need to juice it up, juice it up real good. My iPhone 13 Pro Max is at 95%. Mm. Now keep in mind, there's still you know, I, I used this as my main phone for a month longer than I have the 14. This did a full year. We're at 11 months. And I have continued to use this phone, obviously way less frequently. But I have used this phone. I've used this as, as a, a third camera. I've used it. I, I've used this phone a decent amount in the, the year that the new phone's been out. So with with less time, I've used more of my battery's health on the 14 Pro than on the 13 Pro. Well, there you go. Maybe 
maybe anecdotal evidence, but you know, it's, it's uh, you can't deny it. You know what else you can't deny, Noah? What's that? <laughs> that this episode has come to an end. Oh, it's unfortunate, but it has to be. I that know. Way. It's so. I I wish that it didn't. I really do. But these are the rules. Yeah, we don't we don't get a say in this. It just you know just just happens. Yeah. We don't make the rules, guys. It's uh, it's the council of podcasters that make the rules, and and we are merely their humble servants. We're so, already five minutes over, by the way, so we're kind of breaking the rules here. We better we better wrap exactly. This up don't don't tell anyone, all right? Because this was not allowed to happen. But shh, I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We're off for the next two weeks to make up for going Sorry. over this time. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're appeasing the, the podcast. It's council our punishment. And we'll, and we'll see you after that for more. See you guys in September. Thank you for watching.